Dear human, dear soul, I welcome you to my podcast series, Conversations with the Universe. Since a near-death experience, I have the gift to communicate with subtle levels of the cosmos. The knowledge from these for us invisible forms of energy I capture in my books and it is now a great pleasure for me to share this knowledge, these conversations, with you as a supplement to the books. Please excuse me if the terms and articulations are not perfect. Our mother tongue is German, but we try to translate it to the best of our abilities. Thank you. We are reading now the next book, Initiation into Birth and Death. The book is divided into two big chapters in which one will speak Anubis and in the other one will speak Friend of the Indians with some great impulses and his perception about all the situation about birth and death. So let's start. I request permission and protection and connection to, to the entity Anubis. We will now begin a book that will tell the world of humans about your history, your background and, most of all, your tasks. And we want to enlighten them about the meaning of transition. Are you ready? Yes. You can begin in whatever way seems best to you. Please speak. As long as humans perceive life as the only mode of being, they are the lost children of the cosmos. Because we now have the opportunity to communicate, I am happy to create another attempt to reconnect these children of the cosmos once more with their true innate knowledge and hence with their wholeness. Life, as you know it and as you experience it, will change when the understanding of death rises once again inside you. Dear Anubis, have you got any preference as to the arrangement of this work? Where do you wish to begin? What is the closest to your heart? Please share. Wise questions, please. I do not resonate with your focular and entertaining way of asking questions. You mean jocular? Jocular. I understand. You prefer to be addressed in a respectful and dignified manner, right? Exactly. Dear Anubis, then I ask you to lead us in this subject step by step so that everyone who reads this will be introduced to this complex subject with simple words that are easy to understand. Simple words? Really? Well, yes, as simple as possible. Everything that the cosmos brings forth is multi-layered and multifaceted. The easy way is the human way. <laughs> yes, I understand. Then I will ask you to convey this diversity as simply as possible, please. I understand. You were, at least, you have been, until this day, a special character in the books of ancient Egypt. Can you talk about your origins from your point of view, in your own worlds? Then I would ask you to begin. 
to operate in a body as you know it was never my intention nor my desire. To love as humans perceive it was never my goal. To incarnate completely was not my path. I have always been a being of the lower realms, far removed from everything you know. Therefore, I am unable to supply stories about my sojourns into the material realms of the planets, but only the description of my existence in the spiritual realms. My domain is and always has been my expansive and powerful work in those realms. Because the Egyptian ancestors who came before your time had the ability to experience that which you are currently doing through different possibilities and talents, I served them as the guardian of transition. But I am much more than that. If you desire to walk the universe of perception wisely, you will meet me here as Anubis, there as Akor, and elsewhere as Feran. The names are legion, but the being they signify is always I, the guardian energy of the soul's transitions from being in a body to being without a body and back again. Does this mean that you are also present when the beings incarnate in a body? Yes. Ah, that's interesting. So you are the energy that guards us, a process. Do you know why this kind of energy is necessary? Thank you for this question. When forces are in transition they are exposed to different kinds of tension. This tension between the different levels of being only exists for a moment, but it is essential. I am the balancing energy of this moment and I help to keep the energy on track. This is not always easy, for when you have been in the spiritual realms and suddenly find yourself in a physical body, different kinds of problems will arise. And this is the same in the moment of disembodiment. The warm feeling of being in a body is departing from the soul and suddenly all there is left is the emptiness of the cosmos. This is not always very comfortable for the soul. I am guarding and supporting them during these processes. Therefore, I am the silent guardian of this moment. Well, then this will be a book about transition, but not only in the one direction, but also in the other. Exactly. I would like to return briefly in your origins. Are you as an entity in a form that has always been the same or did you kind of develop? This has always been the way it is. I have always been with what I am 
and will always remain so. My task demands it, and nothing impels me toward other aspirations. But the cosmos is a, in a constant transformation, isn't it? And so it could conceivably happen. No. Hmm. Are you a type of energy like the soul, or how can I visualize you? The color is white. And do you have kind of a form? No. But you have to have a form. Are you an energy field, an individual field, something like that? The white color of the cosmos is everywhere, like the air around you. Hence I have no form that you can recognize, but I am. And I am a conscious agent. You ask questions from the perspective of a mathematical, linear and visual consciousness, but I cannot offer you geometry here. You tap into the frequency of this conscious form, and I am answering you on the basis of pure consciousness, which has no form. But in Egypt, they portrayed you in black. I cannot comment on that. Those images are fairy tales created by humans. Maybe it was helpful to the people of that time in order to better understand the concept of life and death. But in the final analysis I was never, nor will I ever be black. And as far as I remember, you were depicted as a jackal. <laughs> so this is not what you look like either, right? No. Because the people of that time considered that jackal has the guardian animal of death and transition, they assigned this form to me. But let me please repeat this again. I have no such form. You are in communication with the cosmic energy field that is I. And I am eternally present when souls or entities incarnate or eliminate. Eliminate? Do you really mean to say eliminate? Eliminate would be the appropriate word. Because when the body is separated from the soul, this is a process of elimination. Ah, I understand. So you are an energy field, huge, vast, indescribable and eternal. In order to get a sense of your size and expansion, I would like to ask on the basis to the knowledge that I have acquired up to now, up to now, in how far you are comparable to any other energies. Is this question appropriate? Can you ask such a question? Yes. Can you offer a comparison? You know how the source is all-pervading. This energy is also everywhere and it is eternal. This energy is present wherever there is life and even where there is matter without life. The energy of the source flows through all matter 
and through its innate frequency it creates all matter in all its expressions. If you now direct your attention to me, I am, like everything else, part of the source. But I carry the consciousness of the balance of the diverging energies and I operate in the context of this consciousness. Do you understand? I understand. That means that you are not a creative en energy like the source, but a balancing energy, right? Right. This is very interesting and it conveys a very good image of how you operate. So you can tell the people, that we can tell the people actually, that you pervade everything like a sort of carpet and that you are always present when you are needed, when a balance is needed and that you create this balance. Yes. What would happen if you did not exist? Then the efficiency of the souls would be very much weakened by the process of incarnation. For every birth and every time a soul leaves a body is a very critical phase. This process is protected by my existence and it compensates for the danger. So you could say that you would not exist if this divergent tensions did not exist? No, you could not because this would mean to question the cosmos in its entirety. All that is, has its place. It has always been thus, truly and rightly so, and will always remain this way. Therefore, the energies will remain in their existing functions they are these functions. Forgive me if I dig a little bit deeper. <laughs> this means that you are as much as part of the cosmos as the source itself. And the question, what if, is moot. For you are an integral part of the process of birth and death. And so this very process could not exist if you did not exist. Can you somehow put it like that? No. You could not, because this process of animating physical bodies is far more than you will ever be able to understand. Therefore, I would ask you to leave it at that, that the very nature of my task always was, and always will be, appropriately so and as it was meant to be. No entity ever just exists for the sake of itself, like flower in the ether, without consciousness, but just as a mere part of the nature of the cosmos. Every entity has their task within the order of the cosmos. Why do you use the image of a flower in the ether? You like to describe the nature of your planet through the beautiful image of its nature, don't you? Yes. So, I have tapped into your consciousness and made use of this image. The flower of the ether is something that provides beauty, 
just like in your world also, but never without a function. Every single flower in your terrestrial world contributed to the overall form of nature. It made nature into what it is. But it has no consciousness. It is part of a whole, but not in the way we are. Hmm. As part of the whole, right? That is what I mean. And you are saying that you never operate in an aimless and whimsical fashion, but that you have defin define, definite, definite <laughs> goals and that you like to do what you do and that it serves a purpose. Absolutely. Okay, so let's do away with the image away from the back black jackal of Egypt, right? If you please. <laughs> And is there really no place in the cosmos where you do exist? You mean where I do not exist? Yes, sorry. I do not know. But I, as far as I remember, there is none. But couldn't it conceivably be that there have been certain edifices that inadvertently interfered with your process? So, for instance, when someone died in a pyramid, maybe you had less of an influence there because there was a different energy present than in nature. A wise question, my dear. Indeed, my power was diminished there. But do you know why, did, why that did not matter? Interesting. Well, according to what I know, there was such acceleration and elevation going on that this probably already approached the state of non-really existing in a body and that maybe through this process you could experience what it was like outside of the body. I don't know. Can you describe it in your own words, please? <laughs> your descriptions are insufficiently developed. I know. The pyramids assisted a soul to leave the body without damaging it in any way during the process. So, it was in fact, as you say in your own words, but it was also much more. So it was not as necessary for that process as for people who transition form a rather unconscious and weak state of awareness, but more about that later. Okay, so that, that was actually a place where you were not really needed, but you were present anyway, right? Right. Because the liberation of the soul did not just happen by leaving the body, It needed care and support while transitioning into the forms of the cosmos and likewise while returning into the body. So I was always in place, as you would say, but less so than during the normal transitions. I would like to get deeper into that later. Will you permit me this? I find this whole subject incredibly interesting, especially with regard to the processes taking place in the pyramids. 
But we were discussing another question, the question whether there are also other places where you are unable to operate. So, for example, another example, technical places where you cannot maybe penetrate the magic field or something like that. Yes, there are indeed formations like that. But the force of my energy goes far beyond these material forms for as a specific frequency will penetrate a specific matter, so I penetrate all matter that may create such blockages. So in the final analysis, this means that there is no power that can negate or evade me. For like the power of the source, I am everywhere in eternity. I am all-pervasive, and I serve to adjust the imbalances created by transition. I got this. Well, so I have learned that there are different levels, although everything is part of the whole, of course. But can you tell me exactly where you are located in the scale of frequencies that I have been shown so far? Are you above, below or in the middle? How can I visualize this kind of? Because you using terms like above and below, I will reply with this answer. I operate in the final levels of physical life. Therefore, my frequency is located above the diseased but below the spiritual levels. I see. But then why are you called a being of the netherworld? Because it is you who call these worlds so, which are not spiritual netherworlds. It is me? So are these the words that are brought to me or is it me? I do not know that. But in your perception, the spiritual world is the upper world and that which is below is the netherworld. Hmm, I understand. But it is interesting that I myself have never seen it that way. But it does seem to make sense somehow. Yes. In the world of the disease, there are also higher and lower levels, right? Right. And you operate through all these levels? Yes. Let's have a look at the lowest level. Is it hard for you to operate in these lower le levels of the deceased, regardless on which planet? No. I operate everywhere where there are souls who transition, no matter how low the vibration of the soul in question. Hmm. That makes sense. I keep seeing you as a sort of energy carpet. If you see it like that, it is the right image for you. Mm -hmm, yes. You know, in this world, we could say like a morning fog over the forest. Above it, there is the sky. And below it, in the landscape, there is darkness. But the fog between land and sky, that is you. What an effective and beautiful image. Mm -hmm. You have described this very well. For in the final analyze it, analyzes. It is very similar to this image. Okay. 
May I call you Anubis or do you have another wish? Yes, you can, if you wish. Well, then I stay with Anubis. This is the figure that people have known for a long time and that is connected to so many legends. So, dear Anubis, is there anything you want to add on this? Otherwise, I would like to end the session for today. No. Can you give me a hint about the subject that we will talk about next? Since you ask, I would like to commence with the energy present during the birth of the body. For this is where the journey begins. And I will also be present at the end of this journey. I am the guardian of this process of the beginning and of the end. So we will begin with the beginning, please. <laughs> okay, I'm very much looking forward. Please be ready, I will be ready as well and I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Thank you, bye.